0: Hello and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. I will Worship you, O mighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what. I long to do, I give you praise, for you are my righteousness. I work. Worship you, O mighty God, there is none like you. I worship. Worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do. I give you praise. For you are my righteousness, I worship you, mighty God. There is none like you. Amen and amen. Good day,
1: Kingdom Corner podcast devotees. The great Matt Geib here with you once again from the soggy Pacific Northwest. We are continuing today right along with Ephesians chapter 5. It's been such a rich study, and we're going to continue on. And I thought as I studied this this last few days, I thought even though it's continuing on in the theme that we were on, on that sweet savor that we all carry that sweet scent. I want to title this because it's really going to get into this now. What do you worship or who do you worship? What or who do you worship? We're going to get into that today, and we're going to see that from the text. Let's start right out, and we'll read the text again. Ephesians 5, I'm going to start at the first verse. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, Walk in love as Christ also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Verse 3, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who as an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. Verse 8, For you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. That's the portion of Scripture we've been studying. We most, mostly have been on verse 1 and 2 the past two episodes. And last episode, just to catch us up, I read from my recent published book, Searching for Significance, A Devotional Journey Through Ecclesiastes. And I read out of chapter 10. This is just a simple devotional book. And I read Ecclesiastes 7.1 is the opening verse that devotion is based on. A good name is better than precious perfume. And we had talked about two episodes ago that we all carry a certain scent a certain odor. No one's body odor is the same. It's all unique the way God created us when he made you. No one else will ever carry that same scent that you do. And of course, in Christ, we carry such a sweet, sweet scent. And we'd been talking a lot about that. And then we said also, that we all carry a name and we're all to be lights. And we, last week, we brought in kind of like a paradox or opposite point. It seems opposite because it said in my book, I brought out the emphasis that a good name is better than precious perfume. And that's really true if we are not in Christ. But when we tie our lives to Christ and we become that sweet smelling aroma before him and to the world, that is leaves as i said in one ad for the podcast that leaves an indelible unforgettable scent just like i can't forget the scent that my grandmother's rose garden carried that i talked about in previous episodes you cannot forget a scent that someone has when they are one of the most high god's daughters or sons they carry a certain scent because jesus lives in them and it's really the name You know, Jesus Christ, that powerful name behind the scent that makes that scent unforgettable. And that's what I began to bring out. Yes, without Christ and with some of the things we're going to look at today, your scent will just be like a hebel, like Solomon talks about so many times, he uses that phrase, Hebel, vanity of vanity, Hebel of Hebel. I think over 30 times in his book in Ecclesiastes, our life is but a Hebel. It's a breath. Like James says, it's here today and gone tomorrow. Unless, like I said, Christ has been in the center of your heart. And so we brought those two points together to show truth like that. And I want to go we need to get into this contrast now. I've been telling you about a, about a contrast to that sweet scent and a contrast to the light that it talked about in verse 8. You're now in law of the light, walk as children of the light. But there's a contrast in the middle portion here of this first part of Ephesians, and it really brings out some things that we want to contrast to. Uh, being the light or being the scent or having that powerful name that we do not want to be like. You know, in Scripture, it tells us, gives us lessons and tells us things, examples to aspire for in Jesus Christ and things we are to not be like. And this is what this lesson is a lot about today, is what we don't want to be like. So I want to get right into that, and I want to start right away with this portion in Verse 3 of chapter 5, I want to find my notes here, and we're going to start to go through that because this is the contrast to that sweet-smelling aroma. This is the contrast. And let's go ahead and we'll look at that again. But fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named among you as is fitting for saints. Once named is what I think the King James says. Let it not be once named. Don't even mention it. Let it not even be named is the way the Greek says. It reiterates the theme of Ephesians 4.19 where it talks of covetousness and uncleanness. These two words, covetousness and uncleanness, are so closely related in the Greek language. The words are planexia and acarthasia or acarthasia, planexia and acarthasia. Basically it meant to the Greek mind all things that were impure, anything that you could think that was immoral or impure. The common principle predominantly in view in this passage is not so much sexual impurity, though that's mentioned, but rather a sense of lusting after and joining oneself to physical objects outside of God to obtain fulfillment. Let me read that again. The common principle predominantly in view in this passage in five three here and onward as we go in those few verses, predominantly in view in this passage is not so much sexual impurity, though it's mentioned, but rather a sense of lusting after and joining oneself to physical objects outside of God to obtain fulfillment. What does that sound like to you? Right away, that's why I gave this episode the title, What Are You Worshipping? Or What Do You Worship? Because when it's talking about joining yourself to a physical object outside of God for fulfillment. And that, to me, is an idol. What are you worshiping? What do you worship? Do you worship that new truck that you just bought or maybe the new house that you were just able to finance and buy? Are you worshiping that? Or could it be a sports icon or a TV actor or actress or even somebody in your own family? Are you worshiping them above God? Are you joining yourself to a physical object or even an animal, a horse or a dog, outside of God to obtain fulfillment. Wow, isn't that something? That's related to something that is unclean, that is impure, that is immoral. And, you know, we think of these things like he's talking about in the verse here. We think of all these things. I can go back to the verse, you know, uncleanness, like foolish talking, filthy talking, swearing, coarse jesting, telling, you know, sexually inundated jokes or talking that way. We think of all those things when we think of something unclean, but really it all starts, I believe, the basis of it is if you're not worshipping God first and foremost, you're finding other things to take his place. And be an idol, or be what you join yourself to for fulfillment, and I think that's where all uncleanness begins. Covetousness is actually relates to idol worship, and we're going to get into that more. So that's what we're talking about here. It's not wrong to have a new house or a new truck, and I talk about that in my book, Searching for Significance. One chapter is living under the power of God when we're really God is really number one in our lives, and really the, our focus and who we really worship, most of all, God's given us the ability and the freedom to enjoy these things because we're not attached to them. Just like Job, you know, he lost his family, he lost his house, he became physically afflicted with boils, but that wasn't—those things, even though they were important to him, his real focus was God, and he was able to go through that trial because of that. And that's what we're talking about here. Let's go on. We'll we'll go on into this passage a little bit. Let not these things even be named among you, all forms of impurity. Let's go on. Filthiness. Verse 5, 4. Neither filthiness, which means obscenity in any act or gesture. Foolish talking means the talk of fools, off-color humor. Jesting, that is obscene joking, like, Sexual joking, maybe, and sarcasm that hurts people, but also communication about situational ethics. These words, foolish talking and jesting, morologia, morologia, which is foolish talking, and jesting, eutropalia, eutropalia, jesting, are the only two places that they are used, is right here in the New Testament. It brings to mind a Another passage that's a parallel passage, Colossians 3.8, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. The Greek refers to foulness, foolish talking about, jesting or folly, falsely trifling, ungodly witticism. Criticism devoid of anything seasoned with salt. You know, criticizing somebody. Not offering constructive criticism, but putting them down for something they did or did not do. James 3, 5-12 talks about the tongue being that little member that can set things on fire. You can read that. James 3, 5-12. to 12. Rather, let's go on. It says... Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but here's the contrast again, but rather giving of thanks. That's what we should be doing. It's so easy, I think, in our society today. We're so inundated with negative things on the internet, in the media, on the you know the books we re- may read or see, or the newspaper, the newspaper not so much anymore. But everything on the TV, the things you see on the internet, if you're not careful, you can be so overwhelmed with all the garbage, I call it garbage, and you know... is it wrong to watch the news? Well, I'd say there's a lot of things on the news that aren't worth watching now. Most news channels, I think, are not worth watching. There's a few sources you can get news from that's not so evilly influenced. But you have to be careful what you take in through your eye gate and your ear gate, what you hear. It's so easy. We're so prone as human beings to think on those things that are negative. To The way that happens is we, we get too immersed in the things of the world. You know, it's not wrong to see a little news. It's not wrong to watch some of these things, but we have to be careful, like I said, and we need to fill ourselves with things that are going to cause us to be giving thanks. You know, we're coming on that, up on that season of Thanksgiving again, things that are going to cause us to be grateful. And I want to read a verse in connection here that I chose to read This is what we should be thinking on. Philippians 4.8, the Amplified Bible Classic Edition. For rest, the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, and is honorable, and seemingly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think of it on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix, that is, settle your mind on these things. Let's read it again. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious. If there be any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. That's where the Christian should be focused. Are you listening to good things, to good worship music? Are you listening to good Bible teaching that you can get it right on the internet? Uh, I hope you're listening to this podcast today. I believe that's good things. Or are you fixed on the negative? It's so easy to be fixed on the negative. That's what you're supposed to fix your mind on. And remember, out of your heart, your mouth will speak. Whatever you're putting on your mind and on your heart is going to come out of you. And we need to be thinking on those kind of things, rather giving of thanks. And this is a happy play on sound in the Greek where this is used, rather giving thanks. The words used here in Greek are for jesting. First, he's talking about evil jesting, we said was. Etrapalia, that's jesting, and giving thanks. It's a play on words. It's eucharista or eucharista, okay, giving thanks. Even good-natured joking and subtle humor can dampen the grace of God and showing true thanks to him. That can take away from being truly thankful and grateful to him if it's taken too far. True thankfulness to God brings genuine joy To people and to you, which one can never create with empty jesting. And I've talked before about to people and maybe on different podcasts about how Jesus said in the the, uh, Gospels that men and women are going to give account for every idle word. Some words in and of themselves, some joking and all that, in and of itself is not evil. But just to continually even be doing that, that's idle words, you know. I mean, God wants us to have fun, yes. God wants us to enjoy this life, yes. But taken too far, it can become idle. I have down here, I said that. Even good-natured joking and subtle humor can dampen the grace of God and being able to show true thanks to Him if you take it too far. Here's what we should be doing. Rather, Ephesians five nineteen to 20 This is another good verse. Rather, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what we should be doing. How do you speak to yourself when you go throughout the day? What are you saying to yourself? I find sometimes I I say negative things to myself i make a mistake and i say oh matt you dummy or i think negative things about the things that are going on you know uh Something that happened to me between me and somebody at the store that was negative rather than thinking good things or rather than dismissing that I'm I'm dumb. Well, yes, I made a mistake, but I'm not dumb. I'm not worthless. How are we thinking? How are we talking to ourselves? Are we speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs and making melody in our heart to the Lord? Not, you know, you can sing before the Lord. He doesn't care. If you have a gorgeous voice or not, he just cares about the heart behind it. Make melody in your heart. That's both out loud and in your heart, what you carry inside of you, both audible and inaudible. Giving thanks always for all things, all the good things to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's go on. We've got to get through this chapter today. Verse five For this you know, ye know. Of this ye are sure knowing. Or this, ye know, being aware. That's what the Greek says of this. You are sure knowing or this, you know, being aware. Um, let's go on. Verse five. That's, For this, you know, are you sure being aware that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And when we're talking about A covetous man, I mean, that's what this version that I read from said, covetous man, but some of them, but what is really meant here, let me see, some translations even use what the Greek says, idolater. A covetous man is an idolater. That's why I ask you, what are you worshiping today? Who or what do you worship? If you covet things of the world, if you covet that new truck, that new house, you know, in an improper way. That's being idolatrous. Covetousness is worship of the creature. Covetousness is worship of the creature instead of the creator, which is the highest treason against the king of kings. Remember what we read in the beginning? Joining yourself physically to things for fulfillment. We talked about that in the first part of the lesson today, that that's what people do, you know, whether it's an animal, whether it's what you just bought as a car or a house, that's idol worship. Matthew six twenty four says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold for many walk of whom I have told you often how well they are weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. No man can serve two masters. He will hate one and love the other. Okay, or else he will hold these things, you know, hold on to the other whose end is destruction whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame who mind earthly things to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and mammon you got to make a choice you can't worship the things of the world yes you can enjoy them yes they're there for us to uh, if our heart is in the right place they're there for us to have uh, temporarily while we're in this world but not to worship That is the contrast. The contrast here is, is sure, all these evil, unclean things, but I believe it all starts out with covetousness, which really means idolatry, what our focus is on. I think that's where the root of all these evil things come from that make us impure and make us to become involved in things like fornication and impurity, Jesus said, if we think the wrong things in our mind, we've already done them. It's not just the action, it's even the impure thoughts. It goes back to Philippians 4, 8. Think on those things that are of virtue and excellence and that are true and that are reverent and honorable. What is just, that's what we need to do. Let's go on. Philippians three eighteen to 20. For many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. I think I got the other portion of scripture uh, wrong. First John 2:15 to 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This is a good way to judge how focused you are on things of the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. For all that is in the world, this covers it so succinctly. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. You see it, you want it. The pride of life. Oh, I take such pride in that truck I bought or that house that I built. You know, It's not of the Father, but of the world. Let's go on to verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, verse 7, do not be partakers with them. Verse 6, vain or empty, let me see. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, or some translations say vain. And this refers back to verse 3 about unclean or coveting that we talked about. That's what they're talking about there. With empty words, they're trying to entice you with um, being covetousness of things. You know, oh, you got to buy this truck. You got to buy this bigger house. Let's see what else we got. Let no one deceive you. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes or is coming or cometh. It shows really that the present wrath of God is already happening upon that life because they have that heart. It's not just coming, but it's present right then. Isn't that kind of scary? Colossians two eight. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Wow, wow. children of disobedience is better rendered sons of dis- of disobedient. That is, children of unbelief in faith plus doctrine. These are likewise disobedient in their deeds and incur God's wrath because of their disposition. I mean, the evil acts are one thing, but they're really born out of a life devoid of faith. Lack of faith is really the heart of real evil. If you don't have a faith in God, you're going to kind of go down that path then, or most people will, or a lot of people will, of being evil. It starts out with a lack of faith, you know. Let's see. 5-7. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. And so we look at verse 11 as a cross-reference. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We're going to get into that in another episode about exposure. We're going to talk a lot about that. Okay. So we've talked about the contrast today, what we should be like. And that is all based on our focus and who we really worship. You know, if we're worshiping God, I couldn't help but think I'll close out with this about the story or the account of Cain and Abel. doesn't really say exactly why Cain's offering wasn't accepted, why God didn't accept it. And I asked myself the question when I was reading that devotionally this morning, could it be that it wasn't accepted because we see the reaction he had when God did not accept it. He didn't say, Oh, I'm repent, God. I'm sorry. I'll go back and correct this. But he rose up in anger. And out of that anger, I think there was covetousness there. He was coveting the position that Abel had before God, again, that we have to do with idol worship. And so the end of that story was he, he killed his brother, Abel, you know, and I think, that may be part of the reason you can't—I can't say exactly this is what the Scripture means there and what God was getting at—that he had maybe a great pride. You know, he was a tiller of the field. He was a farmer in his occupation and what it produced over and above God, and that caused him to be offended when God wouldn't accept it. That's just how I read it this morning. And out of that came anger and covetousness he was coveting the position his brother had before god and yet he wasn't willing to repent and that led to to murder and destruction that led to everything evil so i'll leave you with that this morning or this today i'm recording this in the morning and we we'll just leave that there and i'll just read again this scripture this is what you should be thinking on. Let not even these things that we talked about today be even named among you. Get your mind in that place by reading the Scripture, by listening to worship music, by listening to good teaching. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemingly, seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious— if there is any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. Wow. Philippians 4.8. Let's fix our mind on the good things of God. Let's fix on worshiping him supremely. Who do you worship today or what do you worship today? If your heart is in the right place and he's number one in your life and you, your soul worship is of him, you won't have on these any trouble with these things that are not to be mentioned. So God bless you, my friends. Thank you for joining the Kingdom Corner podcast.
0: Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Geib. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.